Unsyndicated presents. With Sean Belegian. This is like happening and all that stuff. We are on. Outstanding. <laughs> like, look, we told you that it'd be two o'clock. Would you expect anything less if I'm involved that we're a little bit late? Uh, no, this is our first foray into uh, the podcast world. We have a lot coming up. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Uh, this is my producer, Blake. He is also with the Mitch Album Show and, of course, Sports Rap on 760 WJR. Uh, I've had a running gag with Blake since the time that I met him. You say your last name. Matt Sure. Yeah. Matt, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> if, if you see it, it's, it's like 78 syllables and, and a couple of vowels thrown in there, but uh, for good yeah, absolutely. No, seriously, Blake, I, I'm glad that you're going to be a part of this. Blake's going to be on this one with me. Of course, this is off the air. We're going to be uh, doing some chats uh, about everything really uh, today. It was important for us to do it today to get this started today. And we kind of pushed it ahead of time. Okay. Because we have a guy, Todd's also here. Todd, like if I turn the camera around, you'd see Todd. He's waving and everything. Uh, Todd has been doing so much work uh, setting up other things. And let me try to get the technical stuff out of the way because he knows it better. But we're trying to get on like all the platforms. We're going to be everywhere. Is that? That's the plan. Am I saying it right, Todd? Okay. Yeah. So, but we wanted to get out. Obviously, this is a big weekend. And I even did my my buddy Blake a big favor today, okay? I think you guys know which side of the fence I sit on in, in the college football world. Turn around. See what's behind you. I have to. They won a national championship. <laughs> I did, You know, there comes a time where you just have to shut up and you have to do a tip of the cap. They yeah. won the national championship. Yeah, I mean, it might have been a little bit of a controversial season, but – we figured it out. You have nothing to apologize for. I nothing to apologize for. I was. It's weird because I was happier after the Alabama game. Like I was happy, like no matter what. But you beat Alabama, and you're like, like they're gonna do this. It was anticlimactic. Yeah, it re- it really was. It was it was anticlimactic watching the championship. Yeah. I, I can't imagine what a Michigan fan went through. Uh, I don't know if you saw what I I tweeted this out and I uh, put it on Facebook as well. I said, Michigan fans, you've had a lot of people chirping at you the last 15 years. Yeah. I have been one of them. I have made fun of every one of their little taglines, all in for Michigan. Remember Rich Rod holding the towel and uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to come in and win the Natty within two years and all of that stuff. They had to put up with all that chirping for all that time. And they're the only ones that should be chirping right now. Yeah, There comes a time you got to shut your mouth. You got, I never understood that when people would like try to beg, like when Ohio State won the championship in 2014 and people on here are trying to bag on them. And I'm going, what are we doing? What are, what, what are we even doing here? Right. So can we like see like uh, people talking to us we and can. all that stuff? No kidding. Right. Look at that. Look at that. Somebody said uh, Todd Losey is the best. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> oh, look at my daughter. Hi. My daughter's on there. Jason from, uh, Lavonia Churchill, class of 93. Uh, Rob said, bring back media. Yeah, we're going to do things like that. Oh, Paige, hi. 
I'm not going to say that word that you said after Hey Sean, but um, <laughs> oh, I will go blue. He can, he can, he can. <laughs> Paige, by the way, do you see? Wait, that side. Do you see what's over my head right there? Do you see that right there? You see the W? I got, I, I got your back. I got your back. We got, we got plenty of Spartan stuff too, but lots of stuff to get into. I want to start with the lines because they are the talk of everything right now. And it's funny because Blake, I thought of you this week. Uh, who doesn't love Dan Campbell, right? Yeah. And, and more, on, not to love. more on that in just a second, because I dragged him into the bus kicking and screaming. <laughs> we'll we'll get into that in just a second. But there's one thing that, that I want to, to say about Dan Campbell that I agree with him 99.9% on a bunch of things. But the one thing that I disagreed with this week is when he played the whole routine of uh, I have receipts. Don't try to jump on the bandwagon now. That was him. He was talking directly. He to was me. talking to you. He was talking to a lot of people out there. And do you know what I would say? I, what I would say to Dan Campbell, with all due respect, okay? Dan, as much as he gets the Lions now, and he was here as a player during the dark times, he doesn't understand what this fan base has gone through of all ages. He, he, I, I don't think he understands it. You understand it. I understand it. Regardless of what age you are, and more on that in a second. Trust me, we're going to talk about a little generational thing. Because quite frankly, I think my generation has turned into a bunch of big babies. And I, I'll explain that in a second. He has to understand that the Detroit Lions, as a franchise, as much as we love them, as, as many of us have never gone lion free or whatever the quote may be, okay? Dan has to understand that this is a franchise that hasn't built any yeah. any cachet with, yeah. with, with their fan base. They haven't. Like, they, they, oh, trust us, trust us. Well, based on what? Yeah. So what Brad Holmes had to do and what Dan Campbell had to do was, was start from scratch in, in, in the trust department. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, what reason would you have to trust the Lions growing up, regardless of, you know, how old you are? What reason would you have to trust that the Lions are doing the right thing, to trust that the Lions are going in the right direction? And, and when I heard Dan say that, I get what he's saying. And I think it's going to make, you know, the longtime fans do a little bit of this and everything. But I don't think that's necessarily fair to the guys. And you guys all know me. I never jumped off. I, I never jumped off. I never said lion free. No, I had my cider mill moments where I checked out at halftime and said, toodaloo, I'm going to the cider mill to get some, some peace and everything. But this is where I want to talk to you because Blake and I had a running gag all throughout the season with Lomas Brown, okay? Um, he didn't want to buy in. His little heart has been hurt a thousand times. Yeah. He didn't want to buy in. So we finally got Blake to a point, Lomas and I. Mm -hmm. And if I'm misrepresenting this, you, you, we got Blake to a point where we said, what do the Lions have to do for you to be in? And Blake, not me, Blake spit out, they have to win a playoff game. Yep. Guess who's in? <laughs> and now, but here's the thing, and I, I said this to you as I walked into your lovely home today. Now I have, like, FOMO. I feel like I missed – this whole run because I was just like right on that edge and I wasn't in yet. So now that they're starting this run, I'm like, 
oh, I think I missed something oh, here. No. And that doesn't feel great. No. But, like, yeah, I just feel like I missed out on something. No, I get it. I, listen, I'm a firm believer. I said this many times on the radio. And and I said it. We, I was talking to my buddy Jason Carr the other day on his, and I want to repay the favor. Jason Carr Drive, if you haven't checked it out yet, Jason's one of the best guys out there. Uh, give Jason a watch, a follow, all that stuff. Um, what jumps out to me, Blake, in regards to that is this is just the beginning. I firmly believe that, okay? You have a bunch of of young players here right now. We can have the debate about what to do with Jared Goff when this season is over. I don't think the time's yet ready to have that conversation. But when you take a look at the core nucleus of this team, okay, you're talking about a bunch of young guys and guys that still have to see some progression. And I go back to 2014, as good as that team was, in particular that defense, they were 11-5, and if you remember, Got shafted down in Dallas. There's no other way to say that, okay? Um, But those guys knew their window had about that much space open. The Lions, conversely, right now have this much window. That's not to say that, you know, well, golly gee, let's pat them on the back. They want a playoff game. No, now that you're here, you want to knock off Tampa. You want to think about knocking off San Francisco out there. or God forbid, Green Bay wins. You want to do that as well, but... There is no window closing anytime yet with this team. So I don't think you've lost out on anything. Is that so out, Dad? That was the whole yes. narrative. Oh, it's got to be. It's, dead, it's, right? it's got to be. I'll ask you guys. And and I, you know what I'm doing right now? I'm thinking about the older guys. Like, I, I know my buddy, Gordy. G-Dub, what's up? L-Town for life. I have a bunch of friends who, like, I don't want to say they hate the Lions, but the Lions have become a butt of jokes. Yeah. Okay, a bunch of guys my age. How do you do this to yourself? All those years that I did the television show on Fox Two, or I did the the pregame or postgame, whether it be on the fan or at Jr. Uh, how do you do this to yourself? Why do you do yeah. this? To, so they're almost like the butt of jokes. And all year long, I wasn't keeping receipts, but I was keeping my eyes open. I saw a lot of guys my age go. I can't wait till they fall on their face. I'm going to laugh at you when they fall on their face. Or the nice guy, I will console you when, not if they fall on their face. So with that being said, I think you have to ask those guys, is SOL dead? I think it is. I don't know how you can say it still exists. Same old lines. Let's break it down. Same old lines. Huh. Well, let's see. They won a division for the first time in 30 years. They won a playoff game for the first time in 32 years. How exactly is that the same old Lions? Right? It's got to be dead, right? I feel like meeting and exceeding expectations kills it. And everyone's expectation going into the year was at minimum making the playoffs, right? Yeah. Minimum was making the playoffs. Yeah. Winning a division, winning a playoff game was the goal. They've exceeded that. Yep. They've gotten there. So I agree with you. But there's people that say it's not that until they win a Super Bowl. Jay said 50 years old. What if they lose tomorrow? Would that be same old lines? I think somebody would categorize that. A game that clearly they should win where they're the biggest favorite this weekend, six and a half. I think somebody would categorize it as such. Yeah, I do. I think they would. Now, the one that would, 
and this has entered my brain, and I don't want you to punch me for saying this. Oh, if Green Bay somehow wins, oh, I don't even want to think about that. And Could you imagine that? Comes in, dude. That's... Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that? Uh, my buddy Jeff, uh, it, really, Jeff, we'll, we'll talk about you. Said uh, Dan Campbell changes culture. I cannot explain to you guys. Like I can't put this into words um, adequately enough to say where this culture was at the end of the Patricia regime. Really, the last year and a half of the Patricia regime, and what Dan Campbell did to it. I there. I can't say enough. There's no way I could adequately describe that to you. That place, and you talk to our boy Lomas about it, and we'll try to get Lomas here when the season's over, hopefully after the Super Bowl. But we'll try to get Lomas here. I'm not joking, Blake. There were times where we were walking out of Ford Field, and it's like the first week of November, the second week of November. And this is a true story. This is a conversation we had in 2019 where we looked at each other and said, we got another two months of this. Yeah, And the place was like walking out of a funeral home. I'm not joking. So, Jeff, to your point, you can't put a price tag on how quickly he changed that. He changed that but uh, culture. You brought up Brad Holmes earlier. And yeah. I think, like, obviously Dan Campbell deserves a lot of credit. But the way Brad Holmes has constructed this team and put things together, and he, like, bringing in those players that fit what Dan Campbell wants to do in that culture. I think that's almost more important. Oh, it's it's incredible. It, it is. And um, to me, a general manager earning your trust is the greatest. How yeah. could you, like, honestly, I don't care who you are. You could be one of those guys like Blake was just a week ago. Honest to goodness, how could you not trust Brad Holmes at this point in time? 100%. How could you not? Like, you're trying too hard if you're not willing to give the guy his flowers at this point in time. He's more than proven himself. I mean, just even not the the high-round picks, but those middle-tier guys that have, like, clearly proven themselves at this point. I mean, getting Branch in the second round. Uh, (laughs) I I love what Bill said and, and Beth said it as well. You can't say enough about what Sheila did. You can't. Yeah. And I go back to that Thanksgiving Day game where everybody and their brother knew that was it for Matt Patricia. Do you remember the famous picture in the paper where she's sitting in, she's literally sitting in her box like this with her hands covered yeah. over her face. So you knew that was the end of Matt Patricia, but for Sheila to listen, especially growing up and knowing what people said about her family. How many times have you heard somebody said the Lions are never going to win with the Fords? They need to sell the team, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. She knew all that stuff, made a change. And as Beth brought up, uh, Chris Spielman coming on board and and having a passion for this franchise. You can't put a price tag on that. I think that's underplayed. We had him on the air. if, If you remember in the fall and he's the, he's the coolest guy. He's just so intense. But he said to me, you know, I asked him, I said, okay, so what's next? And he said, when we win, my job's done. Yeah. I'm going to walk away. Do you remember that? I'll yeah. never forget that. He goes, when we win, my job's done. I'll walk away, job job complete, mission completed, and I'm just going to walk away. That's the type of guy that you, you want to keep yeah. around your franchise, you know, because he's got such a, a passion for this franchise. And he's just one of those guys you talk to him and, and like, okay, dude, I'm ready to go through a wall. I yeah. am. I'm ready to go through a wall. Besides that whole Buckeye thing. Yes. That's the only That's the only knock. There he is again. <laughs> All right, so I want to bring this up. I'm going to bring this up, and I'm going to talk to my generation, okay? 
I think my generation sometimes we're wrapped up in ourselves. Okay. We are. We're wrapped up in you ourselves. You can say that. I can't. Okay. I, and I'm saying it. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you why, because I had this conversation with my son, but you apply as well. All right. We were watching the game last Sunday and there is no place I'd rather be than on my couch watching the game with my son. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. But why didn't you go to the game? I don't want to go as a member of the media. This is historic. I want to cheer. I want to yell. I've always said this from day one, getting in the business. I'm going to find a way to be objective. And sometimes I'm going to say things that you don't want to hear and things like that, but I'm never going to stop being a fan ever, ever, ever. I didn't want to go in the press box and be a member of the media. I didn't even want to go in the stands and be a fan with my son. I wanted to sit at home, Mm -hmm. but it was funny because I think what my generation does is we do the whole, Oh, woe is me. I was 21 years old when the lions beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. Woe is me. I was 23 when the lions last won the division. And you know, what was funny. My son slapped me out of it. He looked at me. He goes, Hey, that's cool. Dad. I haven't seen anything in my life. Yeah. Like, think about that. Yeah. Your high point. Okay, for a guy like Blake, for a guy like my 24-year-old son, hooray, we went to the playoffs in 2011 and got crushed by the Saints. Hooray, we went to the playoffs again in 2014 and got our hearts ripped out because somebody threw a flag and then picked it up and then Des Bryant took his helmet off and that's an automatic penalty and he wasn't called. Hooray. Hooray, we went to the playoffs in 2016 after starting nine and four, lost our last three games, and then got a big gut punch from Seattle. You can expand it out to all four. That, 2008 was it. And, and that's what I that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, like sometimes, like my generation and our earnestness to tell everybody how much we've suffered. You guys haven't seen anything. You haven't seen a division. You haven't seen a playoff win. I told you this before since you brought it up, and I'm going to jump all over because I have raging ADD, okay? Um, 1984. When 1984 came for guys my age, you you guys, I know you'll agree with this. I was so sick and freaking tired. I promised I wouldn't swear. I was so sick and freaking tired of hearing about 1968, okay? 1968 Tigers this, 1968 Tigers that. I knew every gosh damn thing about the 1968 Tigers. I wasn't born. I knew everything about them. So when 84 happened, when 84 happened, I was like, screw you. Screw you. Now I got my 84, okay? There are generations of fans now, like my buddy Botch, if you're watching, okay? My man's like 43 years old. He doesn't have any memory of 1984. Yeah. He has had to hear about 1984 for his entire lifetime. Okay. At least I got the payoff. At least we of my generation, we got the payoff. We saw that. A guy like him, he hasn't seen anything. My son who lives and dies for the Tigers, you know, nope, we're going to do it in 2006. 2012. No, 2013, really. That's the one that hurts me. That's that. That is a kick square in my jimmy it is i mean that's the one that hurts the most the 2013 team um i think sometimes my generation in our earnestness and and in our goo goo baby ways we cry about it's been so long since we've seen that you guys haven't seen anything yeah no Uh, look at that comment david john says my 17 year old son jokingly always asks were the red wings ever good could you imagine that like think about that Think about that. 
And for a guy like me, you know, I was doing all that stuff on Fox 2 at the time, 08, 09. It was so much fun. That doesn't seem like that long ago. But put yourself in the shoes of a 17-year-old kid who was one or two at the time, who doesn't understand that literally from 1995 until 2009, the Detroit Red Wings were the measuring stick in the National Hockey League. Make no mistake about it. Respect to Colorado, respect to New Jersey, the Detroit Red Wings were the measuring stick in in the league. and now you got seventeen-year-olds asking if they were ever know, good. Isn't it incredible. <laughs> All right, I got I got to bring something up because uh, Todd and I were talking about this before you came over. But I know you peruse the the internet a lot. You see these stories that come out that that you know, okay, who's America's team? You know, let's look at the let's look at the flag, geographically speaking, and, and see what areas are rooting for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. And one of the things that jumped out to me, and of course, the, I'm sure you guys have seen it by now, but the synopsis of this article was suddenly the Lions have become America's team and everybody's rooting for the Lions. Whatever. I don't care. Okay. I'm not going Dan Campbell on you. Welcome aboard. If you want to jump on now, he can come on, Dan. I, I'm, I'm personally extending him an, an, an invite. But with that being said, it was funny because they had they had the Lions logo all over Michigan. Yeah. And And – to my friends in the UP, and maybe some of you are watching it, and I actually put this question out on um, Twitter today, okay? Um, I can hear them going all Lee Corso right now. Not so fast, my friend. Do you think the average fan understands how many Packer fans there are up there? I don't. Neither I do, do I. Because you have to, like, go up there and, like, see it for yourself. No. You don't get it. You really? don't. And it's funny because I asked this – that's great. That Red Wing comment just made me feel really old. It must be because I am. Join the club, right? I mean, it's 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 amazing. I'm in the same boat. I pose this question, and if you'll uh, give me just a moment, I, I want to read some of the responses because it, a lot of people chimed in on this. Somebody said, Antonagon, I hope I'm pronouncing that, is 80% Packer fans up there. Uh, my buddy Dan said, according to my UP in-laws, the line is basically from Munising to Manistique. But when I was up there, there were pockets of lion jerseys when I was in Marquette. Uh, my friends from Calumet, the Copper Kings, Copper Kings hockey, Copper County is pro- Copper Country is probably 70, 30 Packer fans. However, the coaching staff of the Copper Kings are firmly lion fans and have a deep dislike of anything green and gold. That a boy, Dan. Now, conversely, I know my friends with Houghton are all Packer fans. Yeah. Like, I know that. Uh, Casey, who lives up in Munising, one of my favorite cities. I don't know if you've been to Munising. It's just beautiful up there. I make the comment all the time. I would go move to Munising. I would go move to the UP, but I wouldn't have a family anymore because none of them would join me up there. Uh, He said, I would say it's about 70, 30 Packer fans over Lion fans in Marquette and Escanaba. Manistique is about 50, 50. East of Manistique and Newberry, Lion fans dominate. So, I mean, it is amazing. I don't think the average person understands because yeah. you you probably heard Coach Izzo talk about it. Izzo and Mariucci, of course, grew up in Iron Mountain. He said there were Packer fans everywhere, kind of the western side of the UP. And when you think about it, it's a lot closer. Yeah. I mean, Green Bay's not far away from the yeah. border up there, right? You don't have to cross a bridge. Uh, <laughs> especially when the wind's blowing. It's, it's unbelievable. All right, what do you think about the Lions game tomorrow? Let's stay there. I so does Baker Mayfield scare you at all? A little bit, just because you never know with him. You never know what you're gonna get. 
And when it's good Baker and he's slinging it around, I'm rooting like outside of the game. Just Baker is a guy. I want him to do well because I think he got such a bad deal in Cleveland. I I'm rooting for Baker, but you could also get that Baker game where he throws like three picks. All right. You're, you're probably too young to remember this, but I, I know a lot of people out there will, what you just described is, is I think spot on. It reminds me of a guy that the Detroit lions had. Um, so Marty Morningweg, mm-hmm. who can forget the illustrious Marty Morningweg regime, but there was a quarterback here by the name of Mike McMahon. Have you ever heard of Mike McMahon? Okay, Rutgers guy, Mike McMahon. And he used the greatest – and Todd's shaking his head right now. I think he knows where I'm going with this. He used the greatest analogy for Mike McMahon ever. He said he's a live wire. And, like, I'll never forget when I was in the room, when I was in the room, you could feel the whole room kind of going, where is he going with this? Because Marty was one of those guys. Marty said some strange things. Yeah. Marty would also bump dips off me all the time. True story. But Marty, <laughs> Marty, Marty said some strange things. So when he said he's a live wire, everybody kind of went like this. And he goes, you know, when a wire goes down and he goes, there's a lot of electricity there. Yeah. And it's kind of flopping around. And he goes, it could be good. It could be bad. You don't know. And, and everybody went. Oh my gosh, that's that's like yeah. that's Mike McMahon because there's a lot of energy, there's so much going on, but then he makes a pass and you're like, Good lord, how did this guy make it to the National Football League? I feel that way about Baker. Yeah, I I, I do Baker Mayfield is a guy that can do some things, okay? Baker Mayfield is also a guy that can reach into his holster, pull out his 45 and shoot you in the thigh, then shoot you in the knee, then shoot you in the foot. I mean, that's Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I think one of the mistakes that we make as fans, and sometimes, a lot of times, analysts as well, what happened October 15th has nothing to do with with what might transpire Mm -hmm. at Ford Field. If you guys remember, the Lions went into Tampa. It was October 15th. They smacked the Bucs around that day. It was arguably that and maybe the Falcon games were the two best defensive efforts of the year. Um, they, they didn't do anything offensively, nothing offensively. Baker Mayfield was a disaster. That was a game this year where at no point in time did I watch that game and say to myself, oh no, the Lions might lose this. They just, they were in control that whole game. You know what I mean? And one of the factors in that game, and I'll bring uh, to your point about Baker, which I agree with, let me bring up the lion run game. They shut down the lions that day. If you remember couple problems there. Jameer Gibbs was out. And if you remember, Monty got dinged up and, and they didn't see much of him. Yeah. Jared Goff had to toss the ball around 44 times, had the big play to JMO, if you remember. So I, I think when you're looking for storylines into that, I agree with you. I think Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback, especially now. And that rapport that he has with Mike Evans and by the way, number one wide receivers are just killing the Lions weeks running. I don't get it. It's it's insane. But with that being said, as good as Tampa's run defense has been all year, not just that game, I kind of like the Lions' chances at home with a healthy Jameer Gibbs and a healthy Monty. And I, I looked up a stat yesterday. All right, go ahead. That's going to make you feel good. Yeah. Lions' red zone defenses, they showed it against the Rams, been very good. You know who the – third worst red zone offenses in the NFL, Tampa Bay Bucks. Mm-hmm. So if that kind of mm-hmm. makes you feel a little bit better, six and a half is a really weird spread too. 
Yeah. I so I think that I like the Lions' chances this weekend. I just uh, San Fran. If they win that game, it's a different beast. <laughs> so if you guys don't know this, and I'm going to try to talk him into this, I I know two degenerates, and I say that with respect. Uh, you and uh, Barbecue Mike, you guys should do a gambling show because, like, you're both like you're obsessed. Yeah, with all it. I do. Is I, think I like honestly, I can't believe you haven't brought it up yet. I'm sitting here going, "That's the biggest <laughs> shock of the day." I should I should have buried the over. Over 10 minutes before Blake started talking about betting, I, yeah. I would have gotten great odds on that. That's true. So what do you what do you think about the number? Uh, I would take the Lions if it stays at six and a half. If it gets to seven, seven and a half, I would take Tampa Bay. Okay. Right. I think it's going to be a touchdown game. Yeah, me too. So. I feel the same way that you do about San Francisco as well. I think San Francisco's kind of been, I mean, other than when they went through their down period and the one thing that they have in common is they, they were humbled by Baltimore, just like the lions were, but San Francisco from a matchup standpoint terrifies me. It isn't even so much going to San Francisco because I think the lions have shown they can get things done on the road. I, it isn't even that. I think from a matchup standpoint, that, that, game terrifies me the one thing that people don't put enough credit into in my humble opinion and i know you and i talked about this all year is um everybody knows about mccaffrey i mean what a magical season and your boy brock but i think Ayuk is is one of the most underrated players in the national football league period 100 period regardless of position talk about debo talk about mccaffrey Ayuk is a guy that can murder you but Debo on rest I too. I don't want to think about it. Debo's like he's been resting for like three weeks. I, isn't that great? <laughs> Duncan said the Lions have never lost a playoff game at Ford Field. That's it's true. great to say things like that, Duncan. It is. It's great to say things like that. So, um, what what game other than this one jumps out to you this weekend? Uh, I think the obvious one is Kansas City Buffalo. I love it. I'm. So excited. Like every time those two teams play in the playoffs, it's it comes down to the wire. It's an epic game. Mahomes' first true road playoff game in his career, which is insane to say. I mean, he's 12 and 2 at home, but now he has to go on the road, prove it in Buffalo. Super tight line. It's only two and a half. And just everything about that game. Two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm I am so excited to watch that game tomorrow night. I absolutely love, I think you know this, and most of you know this because I've posted silly pictures. I love Josh Allen. I love him. Yes. And before you start, I know what Josh Allen is, okay? Josh Allen, let, let's go back to the Mike McMahon thing, okay? Josh Allen can be a live wire, to put it mildly, <laughs> okay? To put it very, very mildly. That guy, do you, do you know who he reminds me of? And I, I forget who it was. Was it was it Romo? One of the broadcasters said he reminds me of Brett Favre. And I was like, holy crap. Because Brett Favre was a guy that might throw two unbelievable interceptions. Yeah. Like, like, are you serious? I can't believe that guy threw that ball. What the hell is he thinking? But he puts his cowboy hat back on. He puts his holster back on. And he's just a gun gunslinger, and he's going to go out there, and he's going to keep coming at you regardless of what happens. And and I remember when Michigan State had their run, thirteen to fifteen. I loved Connor Cook. 
And the, the, the reason why I love Connor Cook is I think a quarterback's ability to forget is so vitally important, okay? You make that terrible pass. You miss that. You miss that pass. You throw an interception, whatever the case may be. Your ability to just say, it happened, move on, wait till I get the ball back, yeah. I think is huge. And I that's part of the reason. That and the fact that everybody and their brother thought that Josh Allen was going to stink going back to his draft year. What are the Bills thinking? I love that about Josh Allen, that Josh Allen says, yep, I'm going to make a mistake, but at the end of the day, I'm going to make more plays. I'm going to find a way to win the game. If Josh Allen plays like he did against the Steelers, they're going to win the Super Bowl, though, because he did not make the the doy-doy, dumb, mash all the buttons on the Xbox play. He, uh, he didn't turn the ball over, and he was just efficient, Yep. And it was perfect. Yep. Uh, somebody said, stop talking about San Fran. You're going to jinx us. You got a point. You got a point. Isn't it nice, though? Can I say this, though? Um, Brian, is, is it Brian? Isn't it nice for once to, like, feel, like, legitimately, I'm going to say the word, and these two words don't go together, cocky lions? Doesn't it feel nice? Like, I, like on it, yes. I think yes. you're happy. I, you know what? I expect the Lions to beat Tampa at home tomorrow. Yeah. And if that makes me cocky, so be it. I, I I don't think it's going to be as easy as the game down in Tampa. I don't because I, I agree with you. It was a great point by you. By you, This is a different Tampa team now, okay? And, and I think Baker in particular, there's a level of comfortability that he didn't have back then. So, um, but I, I can say, Todd, is it a cocky Lion fan? Cocky Lion fan. What about Thanksgiving? Uh, let's not talk about Thanksgiving. <laughs> I have some great pictures from Thanksgiving. I made a smoked turkey. I had a roast. I, I mean, I can show you some pictures. That was awful what, what the Packers did. Jordan Love, you and I talked about this about two months ago. Yes. Okay? I'm not just saying this. If you listen to our radio show, you know, before I got fired, if you listen to our radio show, you would know <laughs> – that like literally we we had a day where we were talking to Lomas where 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 okay i think the packers got their guy and it was before the thanksgiving day game remember yeah. he had that stretch where he put together some beauties and you're like this guy's legitimate he I is think legitimate if i remember right it was can the kansas city game for them was before thanksgiving i yes. believe yes. i think that was it yeah like it was that moment he's where, legitimate man he's they can't keep getting away with it. It's incredible. Like he's so good, and they're. It's incredible. That's what good franchises can you, do. Can you close your ears for a second? Uh, no. Go their ahead. their whole offense is in like their first or second year. Like they're super young, and they're just going to get better. See, I feel the same way about the Lions. I I, I, I do. I, no, I really do. I think it, I, it could Packers be a fun era. Going no, they aren't. No, they aren't. They aren't. If if you think, see, I, I know we've talked about this before. When I was a kid. I hated the Bears the most. I hated the Bears. And you know what it was? It was pure jealousy. Mm -hmm. I hated the Bears because it was Ditka. They had the 85 Bears. They had the Super Bowl shovel. They only won one Super Bowl. They should have probably won more. But I hated the Bears. They were everything that I wanted my franchise to be. And I think the next generation after me, and quite frankly, subsequent generations, all hate the Packers. But if you think about it, Blake, it really probably stems from jealousy because that has been a rock 
solid franchise. And I get it. They only won a Super Bowl under Favre, which it's, it's so funny when I hear people say that. Well, all they did was win a Super Bowl. I just want to win a Super Bowl. Can I walk around and say that I won a Super Bowl just once in my life? Same thing with Rodgers. Well, all they did was win a Super Bowl. Can I say that all they did was win two Super Bowls over the course of a couple generations? But that's what good franchises do. Here's the difference, though, with Jordan Love. Rodgers and Favre, I don't know if I can say this, but I'm going to. They were douchebags. Jordan Love doesn't seem like a douche at all. He no, seems he like a very like level-headed. He, he really does. Nice kid. He does. He really, <laughs> That's the difference. He, he I tell you what, he turned he turned he, their fan base up there really like like just fell in love with them overnight too. Yeah. Because uh, whether they want to admit it or not, and I know a lot of you much love, okay, especially my UP friends, there were guys saying this kid's not going to make it. I mean, uh, and a lot. And I can't blame them. I can't blame them, you know, because at times it did look iffy. Uh, thank you very much for the kind words. He said, are you considering setting up, uh, taking calls from listeners in the future? Yes. Right. Yep. I look at my technical guys because I, yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm 53. Come on. I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Stuff. I'm just a caveman. <laughs> we'll uh, give out Sean's cell phone number. You can just call him. Directly. That hasn't been, the, <laughs> trust me. That's there's precedence there. Trust me when I say that. Um, so what do you what do you think about that game? Are they are they going to put a scare into San Francisco at all? I I definitely think they're going to cover nine and a half. I hate how much I love all the underdogs. Thanks, Ted. I I hate it, but I think they'll cover. Like nine and a half is way too many points in a playoff game, and yeah, I think they'll keep it close. They're they'll score points. Like I know San Fran's defense. Also, we didn't even talk about that. How funny? scary their defense is! It's incredible. But I think I, I have enough faith in Jordan Love that they'll put up points. But I still think San Francisco wins that game. Yeah, I really do. Uh, of course, the other one doesn't do a lot for people. It should, and I have to give our, our mutual friend Bill Keenis some credit for this because week one, week one of the NFL season. I'm not making this up. Week one. He said to me, you better look out for C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. C.J. Uh, Stroud, 0-2 against Michigan. Just, just to remind everybody about that, 0-2 against Michigan. Yeah, he's really good at football. Uh, Lorenzo said Green Bay's front seven are vicious, underrated. No, I, I, I like what yeah. they're doing. Please don't. There's no Green Bay Packer disrespect from me. I'm going to say it again. I, I know how Lion fans feel. Nothing but respect for that franchise because they sometimes they make moves that aren't exactly the most popular moves, but boy, they seem to make the right moves. And I, I have nothing. I can only hope that this regime uh, has the kind of track record that the Packers had for so long. I, I mean that. Um, but let me go back now that you got 0-2 against the Michigan Wolverines out of the way. Just wanted to let the people know. Bill Keenis said to both Blake and I, week one of the season, you know, he, he has a job with the NFL now, and he said – you guys, this C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans are a team to keep an yeah. eye on. And I'm not going to lie to you, Bill, if you're watching. I, I Okay, Bill. They're there. Yeah, okay, Bill. Dude. They, they, and yeah. think, think, about, think about the losses they've had during the course of the season. One to my fantasy team, a guy by the name of Tank, Tank Dell. That team just finds a way to make plays and plug guys in. They got a little something-something going on, but I think that's something-something going into Baltimore. So I've heard this comparison, and I think you would be the perfect person to ask. 
Do you like comparing him to Dan Marino? Oh boy, don't that's going. Wait. I've heard it multiple times from multiple people. Wow. See, but like his style and how calm he is, his pocket presence, everything. All right, Dan Marino. A little bit. I more athletic. The thing say. about Marino that 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 I would say would differentiate where I, I can't get there yet. When Marino got pissed, he didn't hide it. Like he got in the okay. face of his receivers more times than you can shake a stick at. That was kind of his MO. I think you know, you and I have probably had this conversation before. Dan Marino is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen, period. I don't give a crap that he didn't win a Super Bowl. I don't care. Now, would I would I put him above Montana or would I put him above Brady? No. Dan Marino is is firmly in my top five. And if you ask me to right off the top of my head, I'd probably put him at three right now. That I really yeah. respected Dan Marino. Todd, you're old enough to remember Marino. Marino was unbelievable. Yeah, it was the pass speed that I liked about Marino. Oh, the pass speed, the way he got the ball off, he was he was incredible. Um, I think there like, are aspects of it. Yeah, I think there are aspects. Yeah, yeah I think there are aspects of it. Uh, do they give any kind of problem to Baltimore? Yeah, I really do think so. Because especially because if you look at first of all their offense, they have a lot of players that have played in weather. Yeah. Like CJ Stroud's obviously played in weather. Nico Collins, Michigan man, played in some weather. They have guys that have experienced elements. Obviously, like 20 degrees in Baltimore is a little bit different. Yeah. But, and I, D'Amico Ryans is an incredible coach. Unbelievable. He's Un- done unbelievable. an incredible job with that team. No, no. I mean, two years ago, that was a dead franchise. Here's another one. Can I bring this up? This is why I like talking with you guys. By the way, somebody said this is their first podcast they've ever watched. Thank you. Gosh, thank you so much. Connie said Lions first, Packers second, division third. Connie, that's fair. Um, Dusty, no rookies ever won a Super Bowl. I don't think I, I don't think they get past Baltimore. I don't think you do either. Think you think they're gonna give them a game? game? Yeah, you think they're gonna give them a game? Pete said Dan Fouts is one of the best to never win. Um, Dan Fouts was a guy that that a guy like him today would would probably be out of the league in a couple in a couple of years mm-hmm. because he was like a statue back there. You know, he was the type of guy pocket passer um, with all the different looks and all the different blitzes. But I, I could not agree with you more. Dan Fouts in his era doesn't get the respect that he deserves either. And it's it's very similar to Marino, except the fact, you know, Marino obviously got his team to the Super Bowl. The best that Fouts did was get his team to the championship game. And, and I mean, what do people say? It don't mean a thing if you don't got that ring. But I don't think that takes away from their greatness, however. You know what I mean? It's like Philip Rivers. He used to drag me nuts. Was was there? Did you ever have a fantasy team with Philip Rivers as your quarterback? No, not with Philip. No, I just all I think of is it was every Sunday at about six thirty. Phil Rivers was down by a touchdown or less and driving, and would throw a backbreaking interception. <laughs> for the Chargers to lose to the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> it happened every week. I don't know how they always played the Raiders, but they were always playing the Raiders, and they would always lose on a Phil Rivers horrible interception. That, see, it, it's, funny, <laughs> it's funny you say that because, like, for me, 
Thursday night for a thousand years was the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Tennessee, Tennessee Titans. Titans. That was every Thursday. The mustard uniform. That was that was every Thursday night game, and there's no way you're going to convince me because a lot of times I'm going to take you behind. I'm going to I'm going to pull the curtain. Okay, the Wizards pulling the curtain back for a little bit. A lot of times because of Dan's travel schedule, we had to do our Lions game day live show. We had to tape it on a Thursday night. So like we would be sitting in the studio watching the Thursday night game. And honest to God, Blake Bortles was on my television every Thursday night. The boat. It was, he was, he was on, it was Jacksonville and three straight years. Every Thursday game was Jacksonville and Tennessee. Every single one. Do you know how much I love Blake Bortles? Do you really? Like he's one of, he, I love Blake Bortles. Yes. He's the best. Yes. He's, yes. He was awesome. And he's just, I don't know if you've seen interviews with him. He's the biggest bro. You'll ever meet. He's just—he's a, yeah, a Blake, and I rise he's for a Blake. Blakes. Casey said, "Biggest men, misconception in Marino. He got his team to the Super Bowl. He did not. He was seven and four. His first year, his first full year, was he went to the Super Bowl. Absolutely, he's David Woodley in the strike year. If you remember, that was the John Riggins famous run. They won 27-17. Marino's drafted in the '83 draft. They went to the Super Bowl in '84, and it was somebody fact checking." 38 to 16, I believe. San Francisco pounded them in uh in, in Super Bowl. You, 19. Like, you like the chat, don't you? Oh, I love it. <laughs> I, this is great. Sean's addicted to the chat. No, this is this is this is great. Uh three out of three, two interceptions, and that was the score 38. 38 to 16, yeah, in January of 95. Cousin Rivers has 12 kids. Yes, he can fill a whole roster with just his children. Scott said his Habs man coming in as a guest. I can ask him. Ass. Uh, somebody said Lee and Terry brought up a couple. Terry Bradshaw, okay. Terry Bradshaw made as many mistakes as any quarterback as I've seen in my lifetime. I'm, I am not. There was one year again. Fact check me. There was one year I'm convinced his stat line was 28 touchdowns and 27 interceptions. Okay, That's a Jameis Winston. Yeah, it is. Jamie, you love Jameis. <laughs> I love Jameis. Todd, fact check me. But but no, seriously, there was one year I think it was twenty eight touchdowns and twenty seven interceptions. Like how the? Yeah. But I'll tell you what, when that game was on the line, that sob made plays. Bradshaw made plays, and the guy won four Super Bowls. And he would find Stallworth. He would find Swan. Um, seriously, I know that Terry comes across as, is is the goofy guy on Fox two and everything. I don't think people realize to both of your point, what an assassin he was. He was really, really an assassin. So, yeah. uh, I like that comparison, by the way, David says CJ Stroud reminds me of, that's Steve a good Young. one. That's a good one. That's with a, that's a, yeah, that's a, yeah. with the athleticism. Absolutely. Uh, no doubt, no doubt about it. Uh, guest barbecue segment, segment shows, days, weeks, months. That's what I'm thinking. Yes, we're going to do things like that because what you can't see, my smokers are about 20 feet away. Now Blake has been over here for some of the uh, big extravagances. So yeah, we'll, we'll do some stuff. I'm going to have to show Todd uh, some of the stuff we do. I'm sure you guys have seen it on Facebook or Twitter. Some of our pictures. What's the favorite thing we ever made? Do you remember? Is there one that sticks out to you? Um, I mean, I'm very particular to the pulled pork. Okay. I love your pulled pork. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You blew us off when we had the one in November. Maybe that's why I was fired. Did you ever think about that? <laughs> I had to work. Yeah, maybe that's why I was fired. <laughs> you worked. I, I got the boot. So, uh, no, no doubt about it. 
Uh, Julie. Hi, Julie. I know Julie. Julie said I was going to ask where the brisket is. Uh, I have a giant slab that I'm going to save for a special edition. And it's probably going to be when we do one of these shows down here. Just to reiterate, if you're just joining us, there are going to be so many things that we do. Our website's going to be up very, very soon. All these are going to be available on platform. I'm going to do a hockey show. Julie, with a mutual old friend of ours, by the way. I'm not giving any hints, but a mutual old friend of ours is going to be down here doing some of the hockey shows. It's going to be called What the Puck. Uh, I'm going to have, you know, series of interviews with people, whether they come down here. Uh, some of my, you know, friends from yesteryear in the um, Detroit uh, sports scene and everything. Uh, we've had a few of those guys over here for some barbecues, yeah. uh, some some former Red Wings, some former Lions and things like that. So we have a lot of stuff coming up. There's really a lot of stuff coming up. Anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? No, I'm good. I'm just happy. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to watch the games this weekend. Listen to this and I'm excited to bet on the games this weekend. All of those things. Would you and uh, the other degenerate I know, would you guys like – like to do a betting oh, show? Oh, yeah. We can talk about all the money now, we've lost. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you want to do it? Do you want to do it like when football season starts? Or like for you guys, all we year is a, the time to lose money? A, we do a football season, and then we do a special edition during March Madness, where I really talk about all the bets that I've I lost. heard my buddy John over in Windsor. I was there yesterday. Shout out to the Saints. Uh, listen. I've heard that the craziest day of the year in Vegas is like that first day of yeah. the tournament. Like that first multiple, weekend is insane. Multiple people have said that to me that that's like yes. the crazy. Because I'll tell you what, one of the coolest game watching experiences I told you this was being in Mandalay on a college football Saturday. Mm -hmm. That was just fun. It was you know a bunch of people, and I think I told you a bunch of Lomas Browns, you know, Florida fans were busting on me because I took Ole Miss in in a, in a parlay, and I was like. I, I don't care if Florida wins as long as they don't win by more than seven points. And Ole Miss ended up winning the game, but uh, outright. But um, it was so cool because, like, Blake, seriously, you had, like, a group of Utah fans over there and Florida fans yeah. over there and, you know, a, a group over here, a group over there. It was just a good time. Yeah. It was a really good time. Mar March Madness is – it's so much fun and so brutal all at the same time. The first – weekend like those first it's if you gosh. want to get really degenerate with it it's actually the week before conference tournament. yes yes oh yes because there's games Hi, Brian. all day every day uh <laughs> dusty said this can't be sean's house red wings and michigan okay that's all right i got you i did the michigan thing for him okay don't forget i got I got the Spartans Rose Bowl up there. I, I, we I, left that out of the shot. Always. Uh, well, yeah, we can fix that. <laughs> we can, hold on. Just, uh, hey, look at that. It's amazing what happens. So uh, Chris as well. Uh, but, no, I had to put the Michigan helmet in there for him. That's respect. Sometimes you have to shut your mouth. Do you know what? I thought we were done. I'm ready to go on another rant. You know what drove me crazy, okay? And and I'm going to talk to fellow Spartan fans out there. Do you guys remember in 2013, in 2014, in 2015, how so many people and so many Michigan fans wanted to try to detract from what Coach D'Antonio was doing? In particular, that 2013 season. You remember? Famer now. They're lucky. I know, isn't that great? They're lucky. Oh, my gosh, they get all the breaks. They beat everybody in conference by double digits, went and won the Rose Bowl. And, and, and I'm having people try to detract from them. So, you know, Blake, 
honestly, and I'm not doing this smug and I'm not doing this like to, to, to me better than you. There comes a time where you know what you have to do. I'm not going to go say go color that rhymes with glue. That's never going to come out of my pie hole. Never, ever, ever, ever. You could say, I will give you $1 million. And th those words are never going to come out of my mouth. So, but you have to shut your mouth. Michigan did what every other fan base out there wants to do. They did it. Past tense, shut your mouth, take your medicine, go about your day. Can I, can I, can I talk to Paul directly? Yes, he said trouble with the snap. That's dead to me. You can bring it up all you want. I have a ring now. I'm good. National championship kills everything. Trouble with the snap, dead. The everything. Surrender Cobra? The Surrender Cobra, dead. All of it's gone. National championship. That's it. My daughter my daughter says I'm a Spartan, and I'm, I'm so happy to do that. And, and you know what, Laura? They got themselves a good coach now. We had Coach Jonathan Smith on the show you know, before I got fired, but he, <laughs> great guy. I mean, he honestly, it, you want to talk about a guy that gets where he's going. He gets exactly where he's at, what he has to do. I couldn't agree with you anymore. I you you rip on me all you want. Talk about surrender Cobra. Talk about Devin Gardner being picked up off the turf. Mm -hmm. All of it. You won a championship. You've got bragging rights. It's, it's over. I mean, I told you though, from the second he was hired, I thought it was a great hire. I like he's it. a very, very good coach. Yeah. So that isn't great for me, but I'm happy for you as my friend. Maz says, what do you mean I'm fired? Hi, Maz. <laughs> Maz, come in anytime, okay? Maz, you know you have an open space here. Uh, Tom Maz, uh, Mazaway is uh, uh, an old friend. Uh, Nick, I, I can't comment on what you're saying, but I appreciate your sentiments. It would have been a lot of fun. Did you see what Nick said? I can't comment on that, but uh, can we? All right, Blake, shake your head if you agree with Nick's comment, yes or no. Yes, we we kind of felt the same way. I can't comment on that though. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else? I know something else is going to come up. Like I, I, I'm going to get worked up. You know what's up. beautiful about this, Sean? Yeah. You can do this whenever you want. That's cool. We're going to have like emergency podcasts, like emergency pods. So Todd says to me the other day, he's don't worry. He's not paying attention. Todd says to me the other day, he's like, okay, well, you know, how often do you want to do this? Well, this, you know, let's work out something where it incentivizes to, you to do this. I might wake up at two 30 in the morning and go, Hey, is anybody out there? <laughs> hey, I want to do a show. What's up? And I'll get a phone call. Right. Course. Blake, get up. You know, poor guy's married. You know, he, he doesn't need that. How long you been married now? Uh, six months. Wow, was that? No yeah. kidding. Good. Fantastic. Yeah. How's it going? It's going. It's great. I turn 31 tomorrow. Is Tomorrow's it really my your birthday. birthday tomorrow? Yeah. I wish I knew that. I would. I really legitimately would have smoked you something. Now, now <laughs> I could have like, had a cake here. It would have been great. Uh, L-Town for life. Tony, appreciate you. Uh, Ted said Memorial Cup mid-May. I plan to be up there. That's all I'll say. I plan to be up there. Uh, ho hopefully, uh, Mr. Goslin, I'm going to give Mr. Goslin a shout out. If they or the OHL need anything, I'd love to help you out in any way. I know they reach out to me, but I can't say anything. All right, listen, we got to get out of here. Um, thank you. Uh, we will do more of these. Sometimes Blake will be in my basement. Sometimes you will do, what's it called? 
I'll be at home. It would look the same to everyone it's, else out there. It, it's StreamYard yeah. or whatever. That's what so we'll, we'll like have a split screen or something like that. Yep. We just thought it was important to, to get this underway. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, if you know anybody who might be interested in our um, level of idiocy, ask them to follow along with this. Uh, we have so much coming up, I promise you. I mean, I'm incredibly serious for a moment. I'm incredibly humbled by all of the kind words and the, and the people that have reached out and want to be a part of this. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's going to be so cool to basically do whatever uh, I want to do and what we want to do, because this is a team effort. Um, Blake's a part of it. Todd's a part of it. So really, thank you for watching. We will see you very soon. As a matter of fact, I can't uh, guarantee it, but I have a feeling I'll probably do something after the Lions game tomorrow. I figured. If they win, which they will, I will. If they lose, I'm going to curl up in a fetal position and suck my thumb. If they lose, more likely. Because I'm... That's what you can do it. I'm, I'm gonna be on the uh, ground. Well, no, you can put the camera on me and you're gonna go. You want to see what a goo goo baby Sean is? And I, I'm gonna be sitting there sucking my thumb in a fetal position. But seriously, thank you so much. Now, watch this. I can do this myself. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Okay, hold on. No, no, no. I'm gonna do this myself. Watch. I did it. <laughs> bye. Off the air with Sean Belegian. Featuring Sean Belegian and Blake Matrizak. Produced by Todd Losey and Blake Matrizak. Executive produced by Sean Belegian and Todd Losey. Theme song, incidental music, and related sound effects are from Play It Loud by Jam Studio. Engineering, mixing, and graphic design support provided by the Unsyndicated Podcast team. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Off the Air with Sean Belegian on all your favorite channels. While you're there, be sure to rate and review the podcast. Got something to say to Sean? Call the Unsyndicated Hotline at 248-237-3257.